From high atop Fibush Media World Headquarters in Rochester, New York, it's the Top of the Tower podcast. I'm Scott Fibush. We are brought to you this week by Shively Labs. Shively Labs is a division of Howell Laboratories. Shively is a proud employee-owned company with over 50 years of expert antenna and filter design and manufacturing. And uh, here in snowy Rochester, New York, I think everybody has a cold this week, including me, so I'm going to keep my introductory remarks really brief this week because I don't have much of a voice. The big story, of course, uh, continues to be the shutdown of the federal government, and in particular, the shutdown of the FCC. And uh, we reached out to one of our expert friends in Washington for some advice about how broadcasters are coping with not having a functioning commission right now. That would be Melody Virtue of Garvey, Schubert, and Bearer. She has been of counsel to lots of broadcasters, maybe even you, on Washington-related regulatory issues. She's a frequent speaker, of course, at uh, the NAB and other conferences. We'll be seeing her uh, in April in Las Vegas and uh, perhaps talking to her more for the podcast at that point. But uh, we reached out to her to find out what she's hearing right now. All right, Melody Virtue from Garvey, Schubert, and Bearer, thank you so much for taking a few minutes with us here on Top of the Tower. Thanks for having me. So we are at the one-month mark for the overall shutdown and just approaching three weeks for the FCC itself, or at least for most of the FCC being shut down. What are what are the impacts that you're seeing right now and, and hearing about from your clients? One of the items that is starting to become distressing applies to those folks who have been silent for almost a year and need to file for modification applications. And what you do if you don't get your mod on file and grant, or you can get it on file, but you don't get it granted before your one-year silent anniversary. So that's a stress point. They're ready. The FCC is not acting on anything. And that's a matter of law that says 365 days of silence and you're gone. Is that something they can waive after the fact? I believe it's going to require another filing by the affected stations because it is statutory that once you're silent for 12 consecutive months, your license is automatically um, canceled. It expires automatically without anything else to be done. But there is a provision in the statute that the commission could extend or reinstate the license for any reason to promote equity and fairness. I do think the government shutdown would be such a case that we still have to make the filing and we still have to live with not knowing whether or not that would be granted, which is a stress point. That's an interesting thing that I notice is different this time around, that they've kept the CDBS system up. You can't do filings that involve fees because that piece of it isn't working. But I'm still seeing there are STA filings going in. Is there any sense of, of it's just going into a black hole right now? Well, it's going into the system. The system thinks that it's functioning. <clears throat> it's even so far as uh, we have a, a an online uh, database, a software program that scrapes CDBS. So it, it gives us an email report on specific clients and any, any um, filing within 100 kilometers of the facility's coordinates. So we get these reports that say something is filed and it's accepted for filing, but that accepted for filing date is bogus because it's not going out on public notice. It's all automated. So that'll happen after the government reopens, but you can file 
And that has actually been a blessing this time around because last time they shut down, they shut down everything. And we were really in a difficult position because we couldn't do anything at all. At least now we can work on things and just have them ready to be processed when they reopen. I know I have that going on with a few of my clients, but of course there are things that depend on commission action too. And things station sales in particular, that seems to have slowed to a near halt because people know they can't get anything through the commission right now. Well, we're negotiating a couple of contracts, so we're getting ready and we will get everything poised and file and then file the filing fee once the government reopens. But we won't be able to get on public notice, and we'll have to wait for that additional 30-day waiting period for petitions to deny. And then there'll be a backlog, of course, because the staff will be coming in to over a month's worth of emails. And I have trouble enough just missing one day of work with email. Yeah, I don't envy them coming back to everything that's that's going to be dumped on them. Any expectations? I know there are, you know, there are things that were coming up on the uh, the AM revitalization comment period. I mean, that obviously will all get pushed back now to some number of days after the commission reopens. I know normally that's only one or two. Any expectation, given the length of this, that they're going to extend that any? I would imagine that they'll come out with a public notice shortly after they reopen to explain what all the deadlines will be. If memory serves me correctly, they did that last time as well. They will probably stick to what they said in their shutdown public notice last January 2nd now, that any deadline occurring during the shutdown would be due a day or two after the government reopens, because people do have access to eDocs and can look at it what's been filed. So it's not like last time when we couldn't even access anything. So they may, as far as rulemakings are concerned, they may be extending those comment periods more. But anything that was established before the shutdown will probably not be extended all that much beyond the government reopening date. A lot of a lot of complexity here to deal with. And then there's this piece of the FCC that has stayed open to deal with the TV repack because it's funded by auction revenue. What's been your perception? Who's actually there and, and what pieces are still functioning right now? Anything dealing with applications, uh, STAs, to in furtherance of the repack, <clears throat> that is still working. LMS is still working. FCC staff is still calling. Clients are supposed to be filing their quarterly reports. For those who thought that the quarterly reports, the transition reports, weren't due January 10th, the FCC staff has reached out to them and said, hey, where are your reports? So they very much have their finger on the pulse of this. And while not everybody was exempt from the furlough, I know a couple of the staffers who were working on repack and helping with you know, station relations and station um, management of deadlines and kind of keeping an eye on where everybody stood. Not everybody's back to work on that. Most of the personnel over there are working. Are they getting paid, do you know? Good question. I don't know. Interesting. Boy, I feel I feel for all of them over there. What other, beyond obviously with the FCC being closed, are, are there other effects that broadcasters should be thinking about from other agencies, if they're looking like for an SBA loan or, or something like that, what else are you seeing as a result of this? I don't know how 
much the impact stations feel from things that they may need from the Federal Trade Commission, you know, if there are any privacy or data security concerns, not that I've heard of. I mean, just going back to the FCC, again, one of the most inconvenient ones, I think, for stations, and particularly owners of a lot of stations, is the inaccessibility of the online public file. And things are going to be really stuck because they can't. You know, they can't upload anything right now, and then it's going to be due within two days of reopening, and the whole system might come crashing down, and they're worried about that. And I don't know why they didn't keep the public file open, and it's, it's created a cascade of questions about, well, what does that mean? You know, like the political file, does that mean now that you have to have your own, you know, your political file active? If you've got a special election going on in your district, now you have to make that available to people but it was all on your online public file so there are you know questions that we've been dealing with oh so you're saying you're saying somebody might have to think about making that available on paper again in person right or at least posting it on their own website that adds a whole layer of complication and then there was that confusion i know that happened that, that somebody pointed out that the there's a different url for a test version of the public file system that was right, briefly right, still live right. yeah also a lot of confusion about making the public file accessible in the community of license but there was part of that rule when they got rid of the main studio rule but part of the rule change was that if they had a rule compliant main studio before the elimination of the main studio rule and that main studio still existed even though it was not in the community of license that that would still be deemed accessible in the community of license so, yeah, they're just little complicating factors that <laughs> you just don't even expect to bubble up. Indeed. And if this if this keeps going on, I mean, what happens if there's a glitch, let's say, in the CDBS servers that have stayed up? Is there anybody there to fix it, or if it goes down, it goes down? Well, if you trust what they said in the public notice, the shutdown public notice, if it goes down, it goes down, that's it. If you need technical help, too bad. Well, this is, uh, Same this, thing with ULS. This, this could be dangerous if this drags on, couldn't it? Oh, it will be a, a long-time mess before things get back to normal. And again, our thanks to Melody Virtue at Garvey Schubert Bearer for sharing her time and expertise. Hopefully I'm going to have more of a voice next week, at which point I can talk to you more about the 25th anniversary of Northeast Radio Watch. It's hitting that big anniversary this month, so uh, we'll talk about that more next week when I'm feeling better and can talk more about it. Uh, of course, there are some copies of the 2019 Tower Site calendar still available for you at the com store. And we are brought to you this week by Shively Labs. Shively Labs is a division of Howell Laboratories. Shively is a proud employee-owned company with over 50 years of expert antenna and filter design and manufacturing. I'm Scott Feibusch. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with a longer edition of Top of the Tower next week.